Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. It's a story of when Jesus was taken up into heaven. Here's the word of God. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then he gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends to the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't remember if it was when I was in third grade or fourth grade or fifth grade, but I remember that at school we took a couple of days to make kites. Not the kind of kite you go to the store and it has all the parts there, but the, but the kind where you get some bamboo sticks. I was in school in Korea at the time. We had lots of bamboo there. You get some bamboo sticks and you, you get some paper and you make the kite from scratch. Now, I don't remember how big my kite was. I remember for some reason I put two fish on it, right? Because you associate fish with kites, right? For some reason I did. It was a long time ago. And I got my kite and I went out there. Have any of you ever flown a kite? What, what's the thing you gotta have if you're gonna fly a kite. Wind, you gotta have some wind. If the air's not moving, what's your kite gonna do? It's not gonna move. It's not gonna do anything. It's just gonna lay there. Maybe if you drag it, it might go up a little bit, but then it's gonna go right back down. The sine qua non, the without which not of flying a kite is wind. You gotta have wind. In our scripture today, Jesus says something kind of strange. Well, it seems strange to me. Maybe it seems strange to you. He says, wait. These guys, these disciples, they have everything going for them. They've been following Jesus for three years. They've heard his teaching. They've heard his teaching that he did in public. They've heard his teaching that he did in private with them. 
These guys were ready to get on with it. They were ready to live the Christian life. They were ready to be the church. But what's Jesus say? Wait. So hard for them to hear. They have experience. They have the teaching. Jesus has already died for their sins. Jesus has already been raised to life, defeating the powers of hell and death. What more could possibly be needed for them to live the Christian life, for them to be the church? We can imagine when Peter hears Jesus say, wait, that Peter said something like, well, we already have a place to meet Jesus. We, we already have some furniture. We got some pews we've rented. We already have a belief system based on your teaching. We even have enough activities planned to keep us going seven days a week. We'll be a seven-day-a-week church, Jesus. And yet, what does Jesus say? Wait. Sometimes we're with Peter. We say, Jesus, we've got it all. We have a beautiful building. It's well furnished. We have money in the bank. We have leaders. We have Bibles and, and hymnals sitting in the pews. We have a belief system. We have like-minded people. We have planned activities. You can see them on the bulletin. We also know exactly how we always do things. Come on, Jesus. What more could we need? But what's Jesus say? Wait. Wait. What are they waiting for? Jesus says, wait for the promised Holy Spirit. That seems strange. I mean, for us, it probably seems strange because we, we just figure the Holy Spirit's here all the time. Part of the background of, of being church. But in the last night, he was with his disciples. We read in John 14, John 15, John 16, John 17. Jesus teaches them more specifically about the Holy Spirit. And he makes the distinction there between the Holy Spirit being with them and the Holy Spirit being in them. As we look throughout Scripture, we see the Spirit active. We see the Spirit moving from the beginning in Genesis. We see it there as wind. The word for wind and the word for spirit, same word in Hebrew, Greek. Spirit's there. The Spirit's with them. But the difference Jesus talks about there in John is the Spirit's going to be in you. Jesus teaches that when the Spirit is in us, after the resurrection, that's when we're going to have what we need to be church, to live the Christian life. It tells me a couple of things. It tells me first that Christianity is historical. 
we can look at the narrative of Scripture going from creation through the fall to the call of Abraham to Israel to Jesus, his life, death, and his resurrection. We see events. We see things happening. That's why we have this thing called gospel. Good news. It's, it's news of events that have happened Christianity is historical, and the coming of the Spirit is one of those things that happens. But there's a second aspect here that's closely related. The Holy Spirit is a gift of God, not merely part of nature. Since 1977, there's been this movie franchise that's been really popular. Star Wars. Anybody ever seen a Star Wars movie? Anybody ever read a Star Wars book, seen a TV show? Man, it just seems everywhere. There, there's these heroes in Star Wars, and some bad guys too, that use this power that's going throughout the universe. Anybody remember what Star Wars calls that power? The Force. And it's just sort of there, like electricity. And you can use it for good, you can use it for bad Apparently, can easily even use it to sweep the floor. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is personal. The Holy Spirit is God, a person of God. As Christians, we believe in the doctrine of the Trinity: one God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not just come automatically. It's not part of nature. Without the Holy Spirit, the Christian life is impossible. Without the Holy Spirit, there is no church as church. Oh, we can have a voluntary association. We can have a group of people who are like-minded, who want to do something and get together and do stuff. That's a voluntary association. But without the Holy Spirit cannot have church. It's the Holy Spirit that connects us to Christ. Jesus isn't just somebody that we believe in, not just somebody that we reckoned had some good things to say, or that he gives us our tickets into heaven. The Holy Spirit connects us to him. But the Holy Spirit also connects us to each other. As the church, again, we're not just a voluntary association. We're not just people who happen to live in the same vicinity and believe pretty much the same things and are willing to tolerate each other's company every now and then. The Holy Spirit binds us together and connects us into one body in Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that directs us into fulfilling God's mission and knowing what God's mission is. Y'all know the mission of the church, right? I mean, Kevin alluded to it. What was it, your offering prayer when you talked about that? Our, our mission is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's not too hard to memorize, right? The words are not that difficult. But what's it mean? How do you do it? What makes it happen? Well, that's the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit wisdom. We need the Holy Spirit empowerment. We need the Holy Spirit guidance to do that. And it's only through the Spirit 
that we get the resources to overcome our differences. Have y'all been in church long enough yet to know that we have differences with each other sometimes? That happens. Now, have you been in church long enough to know that there's differences and yet to know that those differences can be good? To know that it's good that not everybody is a clone of you. That not everybody sees things exactly the same way you do. It's the Holy Spirit that brings people who are different together and makes them one body in Christ. That's not going to happen naturally. Naturally, we just have explosions here and there. We need the Holy Spirit to be the church. But we also need the Holy Spirit to have the Christian life. Because a Christian life is God living within us. It's not just, okay, I got a Bible, I'll get up and have my quiet time. I'll read my devotional literature and I'll, I'll say my little prayer and then I'll put on the t-shirt or the jewelry or whatever. We need the Holy Spirit, God himself living within us. God himself offers himself as the down payment of eternal life. Eternal life is not just something that we start the moment we die. It's a life of quality, a life with God in his kingdom that starts now and goes into eternity. And it happens through the Spirit, God himself, living within us. We need the Holy Spirit for the fruit of the Spirit. Have you all heard of the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. When you look at your life, do you need those things? When you look at our life together as the church, do you see that we need those things? Now, when I look at that list, I see a few of those that I can sort of almost do okay in the flesh. And I see some others that I can fake okay. Y'all ever seen fake fruit? Made out of plastic, made out of wax. It can look like the real thing, but is it the real thing? If you bite into it, does it taste good? If you swallow it, does it give you nourishment? No, it's fake. I need the Holy Spirit living within me to produce the fruit of the Spirit. If I fake it, it's not going to do me or anybody else any good. In the Christian life, we need the power of the Spirit. That's what Jesus says here in Acts 1.8. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power to be my witnesses. Here in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. We need the Holy Spirit if we're going to do this thing we call the Christian life. So that's why Jesus says what he says here. And what is it Jesus said? Wait. Wait for the promised Holy Spirit. Don't settle for less. Don't settle for a nice building. Don't settle for activities. Don't settle for people who are like-minded at least some of the time. Don't settle for busyness. Don't settle for faking the fruit. Don't settle for anything less than the Spirit. 
Here in Acts chapter 1, Jesus says to the disciples, wait. I think Jesus wants to say that same thing to us. He wants to say, wait. Don't settle for just having a belief system. Don't settle for just having a nice church building or a nice institution. Don't settle for just religious busyness. There's so much more that is on offer. It's God himself coming to live within us. And I don't want to settle for less. I'm willing to wait. Lord, I thank you today for the gift of your Holy Spirit. I know I can't make it without you. I I can't even make it with you just being with me on occasion. I need you living within me. And I thank you that that's your promise. We pray today that you will indeed pour out your spirit afresh on us and us on us as individuals, on us as families, on us as a church. I pray that you will pour out your spirit afresh on men and on women, on children, on adults. And Lord, deliver us from any satisfaction we might have with less than what you promise. Amen.